motivators. Good morning. Listen, it's October 1st, 2018. Had a great weekend. What a beautiful weekend, man, with some nice crisp fall weather, brilliant sunshine gracing us with its presence all the live long day. As usual, the weekend flies by, right? We got cheer, we got football, home games this week, and we won. On Saturday afternoon, around 2 o'clock, we're having our lunch preparation for the game. Son's half-dressed in his football uniform. Lily's got her cheer gear on. And we're sitting at the kitchen table eating lunch. Had an interesting story that uh, I will relate to you that made me think of of an interesting topic. So, Sam, he's sweating the game. He's really nervous. Understandably so. It was uh, Northampton Indians. Uh, reputed uh, to be a very good team. And of a similar size to another team that had beat us quite handily. So, we were nervous. Of course, the our coaches are very good, so they scout these other teams. I know it sounds crazy for junior peewee level, these are 10 and 12 year old kids, but they know who they're trained, who they're playing, and it's great because it allows us to then prepare for that week's game. What are they likely to do? What kind of defense and offense and formations and coaching and terrain and, you know, what's the field like, home field, the away field, so that we can use that information to plan accordingly. So we're sitting at that kitchen table eating lunch and Sam is nervous as hell. Right. You can tell he's really not eating significantly. Exercising that adolescent appetite of his. He's just kind of like, meh. Tell he's a little jittery, a little nervous. And we try to talk him down. Help him feel confident. He said, you know, the only thing I'm nervous, nervous about that is that the coaches, they yelled at me because uh, there's this one play that they really want me to get. They said that I wasn't in, but I'm, I'm in a safety position, and I was not. I positioned myself behind the receiver when I coach wants me to be in front of him, between the uh, quarterback and the receiver, so that I can maybe intercept it. I didn't get it right, and they yelled at me. And Sam does not do well with people yelling at him. And I don't know if any of us really do perform well when somebody's screaming at us, you know, the whole reward versus punishment in society today is quite skewed. I think that uh, most of the people from my generation before grew up in the 60s, 70s, 80s, were used to corporal punishment every once in a while, get screamed at, get grounded, maybe get belted or swatted in in some way, shape, or form. And before that, of course, everybody's mother and grandmother talked about, and father talked about getting beat by nuns with rulers and shit. So now we, all that stuff is frowned upon significantly. But one of the last bastions of discipline and corporal punishment, you know, doing push-ups when you, when you screw up or you show up late or doing a take a lap kid or, you know, punishing them with physical training or or yelling at them and maybe some mild expletives is football sports because emotions are high and tempers flare and 
It's a win versus lose sort of thing. It's one of those things that we really can't soften the edges of. When you're out there on a wrestling mat with another wrestler and you get taken down or you, you best laid plans get dashed when the other wrestler does something you don't didn't think they were going to do. And, you know, this is, this is kind of a, as close to a fight or flight situation as we can find. In football, it's the same thing. It's hard out there, man. The coaches are supportive, but they are hard. And Sam got barked at, and he get, and it, he kind of tucks tail and run. Gets a little timid. Consequently, I think in measured doses, Sam could use a little bit more of that. You know, I position myself as a tough guy and Dr. Drill and former Marine, all that crap. But I love these kids more than anything in the world. I, I'm not looking to yell at them or make them, you know, uh, punish them any harsh way. And I'm their father. I love them. But sometimes uh, some strict discipline can pay off. That being said, anybody who goes too far with that with any of my kids can get their ass handed to them. But coaches yelled at me. I'm I'm nervous about this play. I'm like, ah, shit. I said, dude, don't worry about it. You know, coach is training you. You're working your ass off. Fast forward an hour. Now we're down on the field, and the game is about to start. And the team has had about an hour of practice and warm-up, and they're ready, and the field looks like hell. It's all muddy and disgusting, as Romanovsky Field tends to be, with all the rain we've had. I'm in the announcer booth with my trusty friend, Sean Barrera, my side, looking down on this field, and, you know, I'm nervous myself. I'm nervous for the, the, the Braves. I'm nervous for my announcing. Don't booger it. Introduce these teams, and ref blows a whistle, opening the first play of the game. The opposing team won the coin toss, and they choose offense. So we are defending on our home turf, Romanowski Field. The quarterback from Northampton steps back in the pocket, throws an an arcing pass into left field, and Sam friggin' intercepts it. He found himself right where he needed to be. He did what he trained to do and found himself between the quarterback and the receiver and he was there at the right time with the right training and he won the day. This is why rehearsals are so important. This is why if you is why you got to put a game plan together. So the coaches said this is what we this is what this other team is likely to do. So, Sam, I need you in this position. Johnny, I need you to make sure you do this. It's a highly coordinated effort. There's a lot that goes into planning. You need information so that you can plan accordingly. And Sam, here he was complaining about that he got barked at because they went over this play a dozen times. Yet, that rehearsal that he did and those mistakes that he made and even the coaches barking at him in order to do specifically what they want him to do it paid off on the first play of the game
Sam friggin' intercepted that damn ball. And that turnover set the tone for the entire game that would follow. The Braves were freaking on. They had the, the momentum on their in their favor. Scoring touchdowns, Michael Brown. couple touchdowns by Michael Brown, runs by B-Will and CJ and AJ, two AJs, you know, just incredible. Braves win 25-6. to At no point did it seem like the Northampton Indians really had a chance at winning the game, particularly after halftime. Our defense was superb, and Sam was a, uh, a great part of that. He got a number of tackles. And so the point of today's podcast is why it's important to plan and rehearse. You know, naturally, I'm going to go back to my Marine Corps days, frame this in a, in a way like we're planning a, an attack. Everybody watches these movies and they figure like, all right, well, it's all just spontaneity and you shoot them up sort of thing, throwing grenades and bombs blowing off and like the Matrix, Keanu Reeves in the Matrix or John Rambo or something, a Schwarzenegger film, Predator, let's say, you're able to foil the bad guys and do all this stuff at a moment's notice and win the entire war yourself. But it's not like that. I can't speak from combat experience, and I'm thankful for that, even though that's the big game that I trained for as a United States Marine, Grunt. We went out, we planned attacks. We went out in the woods for days, weeks at a time, and lived in the freaking dirt and the, and the grime and dug holes in the earth and sat in them for entire days and then picked up all our shit and assumed the formation of... A fire team, four people. A squad, a dozen people plus. A platoon, 30-something individuals, Marines, walking through the bush. A company, 100 individuals with attachments. Mortars, frickin' engineers. Forward observers, all kinds of crazy stuff you won't even understand. But a lot of individuals, a lot of manpower walking through the field. And you're heading to an objective, typically. Let's say that objective is a hilltop. Well, in training, we would look at the terrain, scout out maps, do a reconnaissance. In other words, a few guys would go over there and take a look at it. Go look at the at the hilltop, walk on it, see what it looks like from that point of view. Girl, she's getting on the school bus. I love her so You much. have two new text messages. So, um, the leader, the, there would be a reconnaissance conducted where you would go um, in real time, let's say, in, in an actual combat situation. You'd have uh, satellite imagery. You would have aerial reconnaissance. You would have human recon, guys on the ground with b- binoculars and devices that measure how far this distance is to the hilltop and what's this over here and we've got a supply route over here and we've got a enemy in the defense there are a hundred of them on this hilltop and they've got uh, looks like they've got small arms 
you know, M16s and machine guns, and they've got some heavy machine gun, 50 cals, and a Mark 19 up there. They've also got support mortars, and artillery battery is five clicks away, and they've got, you can imagine what they would do, how they would defend this area. Then, you take all that information, and you start to formulate your plan. The leaders formulate their plan. They do a chalk talk. This is what we're going to do. This is where the enemy is. We're going to go get him. How are we going to go get him? What are our players on our team? You're going to do this. I'm going to do this. Once the attack begins, you know, when I pop red smoke, that means that I'm going to cease fire and you're going to sweep across the objective. And then we're going to pepper the objective with uh, indirect fire, mortars and artillery. And we're going to soften that objective so that we can just walk up on the objective and clean up sort of thing. So it's not so much different than a football game. In fact, I believe the origins in football, uh, as per an NPR podcast that I had uh, listened to, the origins of football lie in like a post-revolutionary war, civil war, time frame uh, boredom. We have all these people that trained to fight and did all these crazy things and all this blood spilled out. And now these people are coming back. What are we going to do with them in society? So we needed a way to f- focus our efforts and vent and you know, build uh, patriotism and all this stuff. We got guys playing football. So the Ivy League schools, a lot of these, these, civil, these soldiers coming back, they went to these different colleges in the nation. Colleges had sport teams. They started playing football, beating each other up on the, foot, on the ground, you know, throwing passes, and the game evolved from there. And so you have to freaking prepare. You have to conduct rehearsals. You have to plan. In Marine Corps combat situations, in on a football field, junior peewee style, and in life. All right? So as I'm driving into work today, what can I do to read the plays on this day? Well, I've looked at my schedule. I see that I've got this patient here and they need this particular attention. Maybe I need to discuss this uh, x-ray report that came in with them. Maybe I need to discuss where their care is going. Uh, I got lecture for tomorrow, anatomy and physiology. Hey, I need to cover this material. This student said she wanted to see her exam. We're going to review that with her. I need to allot the time for that. I have breaks in my day. I've got this to do, I need to square that away, anticipating this problem, how do I prevent it, you know, and how do I just get through this day and be effective, ultimately winning. We have to be able to read the freaking plays, man. And on Saturday, Sam read the plays, and prior to, he bitched and moaned about it, because it's hard planning. It's hard rehearsing. A lot of times you don't understand it. But once you've had a success like this, it's a major life lesson. Now, maybe he won't question as much what the coaches, what's going through their mind, why they're asking him to do something. And why that they're barking at him. Because when he screws up, or when things aren't just perfect, why the coaches never seem quite satisfied and they're hard on the players. It's because they have an overview. They have an overview of that 
week's game. And they have a training in mind for what they want to accomplish. How did last week's game go? What did we do right? What did we screw up? How can we become even better and be prepared for this team on Saturday? I think it's important. It's an, it's an important lesson. You know, I'll, I'll leave on this note. Uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, like I said, we would do these rehearsals all the time. They were part of it. Planning and rehearsals, very meticulous stuff. And had I... When I was in, towards the end of my enlistment, I was of the rank and the position as a squad leader that I had to to actually plan, write down with meticulous in meticulous detail all of the things that I wanted us to do. I was responsible for the training and supervision for all of my Marines, what they were going to be doing on the battlefield, what time chow. What time chow was, what time, what kind of um, training we would do leading up to the event, what kind of gear we would train. We had a gear list and what the operation was going to be like. A lot of times, this is um, prior to all this stuff in the Gulf, but and all the urban warfare that, fair that we had been doing in places like Iraq over the past couple you know, past decade in Afghanistan. We did a lot of what was called MAUT, military operations in urban terrain. It was urban warfare. Think about, like, the uh, the way city scene from Full Metal Jacket where they all go in and there's these skyscrapers and buildings everywhere and people shooting from the buildings and you know, take down one of your guys and then you got to figure out where the dude is. Just chaotic, right? K friggin' Otic. We knew it was. So it was a place designed specifically for us to train in the urban environment. It was called Combat Town. And what it was, it was an actual town that was recreated with a church, with government buildings, with houses and apartments and roads and gutters and sewers and the whole nine yards. All these elements of an actual town were built off in Carolina wilderness somewhere. And it was very hard to get combat town because it was highly desired training. You had to reserve it, right? But when you went in there, holy shit, you planned it like it was an actual combat situation. All these, all this planning went into it with the, our leaders. And we would go in there and execute these attacks. And we'd fuck it up. And again and again and again. We would friggin... Attack this town. We'd screw up. We get go back to the drawing board literally and have at it. Begin the attack once more. And each time we got a little bit better. And there were plenty of times we got barked at because we screwed it up. 
there was another training venue that was very popular, and that was CACS, short for Combined Arm Exercise. So a combined arms exercise means that you are training with every single element in the Marine Rifle Platoon, company, battalion. You've got tanks rolling through. You've got artillery batteries set up. You've got nuclear, biological, and chemical warfare specialists walking the earth, you know, Every element of combat, and you got I mean, you got cooks and you know hasty uh, field hospitals that are, are all the support elements are in place. It's a significant deal, and it happens out in the desert because in the Mojave Desert, etc., uh, these places are some of the only places that you you can man can justify blowing up uh, in the name of training. So we drop bombs, we freaking shoot bullets of every size and power, um, blow up with demo, Bangalore torpedoes, three for triple strand concertina wire, you name it, all the, um, communications methods of the day, different types of radios and frequencies and encryptions and all this crap. And you would you know, talk about hundreds and thousands of acres in the Mojave Desert. We would blow up and strategize and ride around in our vehicles and dismount and go attack an enemy and all this crazy shit. And at, we would attack an objective, a hilltop, let's say, or a town. And we got to that objective and attacked it and finally consolidated on the objective. We would all circle up. And these guys called coyotes, who were very high-level officers typically, and enlisted uh, staff, they would just tear, tear us to pieces. You did this right, you fucked this up. Why would you do that? What make you, you know, come up here? And they would be talking to our, to our officers. Why would you approach it this way? Because now you got killed. I, I, we, we had this, your entire, you know, Charlie company got wiped out because, you know, you decided to call in artillery here and... You thought of if it was an actual situation, so on and so forth. People with combat experience, like coaches, you know, standing on a hilltop with a friggin' orange road guard vest and a stick saying, no, you fucked this up, you need to do it again. We go back down the hill, however many miles away, and begin the attack again the next day. So, lesson learned. Football, Marine Corps, life put a plan of attack together and go after it. You have to. Sometimes you also have to have the humility to understand that you're fucking things up and you need to go back to the drawing board. Take the critique, uh, the criticism and go back on that field and put transfer your training into action. <laughs>